My name is Janice Jones and I'm a certified professional coder. And today we're going to be talking about billing for Incident 2 services, preparing for the OIG review. This is a list of glossary of terms that I'm going to be going through during this PowerPoint. Um, I would like you to become familiar with them. The first is OIG, Office of Inspector General. CMS is, of course, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. NPP is a non-physician provider. Work Plan is the OIG Work Plan. It's issued each year, and the focus is on the coming year. And Incident 2, it's a way of billing for services through a non-physician provider. Let me start out by saying that the OIG work plan will hold accountable those who do not meet program requirements or those that violate federal laws. The OIG issues a plan each fall and the focus is on the coming year. This is how we know Incident 2 is under scrutiny. So the OIG work plan summarizes new and ongoing reviews and activities and the focus is on fraud, waste, and abuse. The goals of the OIG work plan is to improve program and operations. Some programs that OIG will focus on are Medicare and Medicaid, immunization services, health and social science. They are looking at whether or not goals and objectives are being met. This is what the Office of Inspector General has in the work plan pertaining to Incident 2. And in bold, buried in the middle of the paragraph, is the crux of Incident 2. It states a 2009 OIG review found that when Medicare allowed physicians' billings for more than 24 hours of services in a day, half of the services were not performed by a physician. Now I'd like to share with you an Incident 2 decision tray. I made it to guide you in simpler terms. You could take a moment to print it or maybe do a screenshot, and then you could take notes on that piece of paper later. Um, if you can't do that, that's fine. This same slide is going to come up again. The objectives for today, what is Incident 2 billing? Are you following the rules and how to bill Incident 2 properly? To define Incident 2, they are services that are, that are an integral, although incidental part of service. They are furnished in the provider's office and they are under the provider's direct supervision. Now, there seems to be some confusion about what direct supervision means. Physicians must be in the office suite, not the exam room. They have to be readily available to assist the NPP. They're focusing on Incident 2 because according to a survey by the American Medical Group Association, in 2012, the hiring trend for NPPs increased 17%, and they project that in 2013, 
physicians plan to hire 15% more. This is a list of some MTTs, nurse practitioners, clinical nurse specialists, certified nurse midwives, physician assistants, and there are a few more. This is not an exhaustive list. I'm going to just point out a few examples of services that physicians can bill incident to when performed by an NPP. They would be injections, EKGs, dressing changes, of course documenting in the patient medical record, and patient counseling, education, and coordination of care. I talked about who NPTs are and some services they perform. Now let me explain the audits. Physicians appear to be providing more services than possible in the 24-hour period. There will be a review with the checking the signature timestamps in the EMR. Timestamping will specify when a digital signature was made. If the audits determine that the timestamps do not correspond with when the physician was in the office, any money received for that encounter will have to be returned. Some of the services that are going to be in the audit, the office visits, diagnostic and therapeutic services, and surgical procedures. Not only do the services have to be medically necessary, but they have to be documented as to why it was necessary. And if it wasn't documented, it did not happen, which of course means it can't be billed. Now I'm going to go through the decision tree with you, and then we will continue with the slides just to reinforce the concept of incident two. So if you look on the top left in the grayed out box, and if you look down through those darker boxes, we're going to start from the top and work our way down. Everything on the left is going to work towards billing incident two. Everything on the right, you can't bill incident two. So let me start out by saying that NPP's Medicare benefit must permit them to bill E&M services, and those services have to be permitted by the state in which they practice. So is NPP an employee or independent contractor? If they're not, then you can't bill incident two. If they are, is the visit in the provider's office? Um, you can't bill incident two in a hospital and for inpatients. So we're going to say that the patient is in the provider's office, and is the patient there for a consultation? You can't bill incident two with consultations. Um, so we're going to say that it's not a consultation. Say no. We're going to go down to established patient. An established patient is a patient that has seen that doctor or the doctor in that same practice within three years. If they haven't been there within three years, then they're a new patient. And if that's no, then you bill under the NPP's Medicare PIN or the physician sees the patient. So we're going to say that they are an established patient. We're going to say yes and move down to new problem. New problem, of course, requires a visit with the physician. But if it's not a new problem, is the physician immediately available to assist the NPP? If they're in the office suite and they are available, 
Then you could go down to the next box and it says, is it a shared visit? If it was a shared visit, then the NPP and the doctor, they have their own notes, their own signatures, and it's billed as a shared visit. If it's not a shared visit, then it could be billed incident two. So here's the slides that I was talking about. The first steps to billing incident two, the provider must first see the patient, develop a plan of care, and initiate the treatment. If there's a new presenting problem, such as a change in prescription, injury, or new diagnosis, the patient is referred back to the provider, the doctor performs a new E&M service, and a new plan of care. The physician's role in follow-up care, the provider performs the initial service and frequent services to reflect active participation. Active participation means that the physician examines the patient about every third visit. So after the physician sees the patient for a new problem, the NPP can perform follow-up care. To be considered active participation, you can't kind the co-signing of the NPP's notes is um, not considered a visit with the physician, and brief encounters with the patient, that is not valid either. Requirements of Incident 2, name and number on the bill submitted is the same as the provider that was in the office, and documentation and chart must match the service that was billed. Billing incident to a physician pays at 100%. Claims by NPPs are paid at 85%. The OIG is looking at that 15% difference in payments because it is a significant amount. Medicare rules state that claims can be considered false claims, and that is punishable by the Department of Justice and the Office of Inspector General. The rules for Incident 2 must be followed. Please be sure that all your employees understand Incident 2. So now I'm going to test your knowledge. True or false, when physicians in a group practice leave after their appointments in the morning to complete rounds in the afternoon, the NPP in the office can still bill Incident 2 a physician. We know that is false. The NPP can bill incident two up until the time that the physician left the office. After that, the NPP would bill using their own provider number. Now, with all that said, there is one instance that CMS recognizes where a physician can bill incident two without being readily available to assist the NPP, and that would be in rural areas. Um, I hope this helped you understand Incident 2 billing. Thank you for attending Billing for Incident 2 services. Prepare for OIG Review Webinar. If you have any questions, please feel free to call 1-888-54-FIRST. Thank you.